What is up, happy lifer? You're road tripping with Steve-O today. I'm down here in sunny Southern California, and it is gorgeous right now. The sun is out. The birds are chirping. I don't know if you can hear it in the microphone or not, uh, but it is a gorgeous day, and I thought I would bring you along with me. I also said that I would put out a bonus episode today on Valentine's Day. And to be honest with you, I thought I was going to have a lot of time while I was down here to put that podcast together, but I have not. I have been with people the entire time I've been down here, and it has just been fantastic. But I did promise on Monday in our Modern Day Alchemist episode that I was going to put out a bonus podcast today, thinking I had plenty of time, (laughs) and I didn't. So it's actual Valentine's Day, and I'm going to do my best to get this podcast out to you. So happy Valentine's Day. And for those of you that don't have a Valentine today, I guess I don't even think about that stuff because I've, you know, I've got a Valentine. In fact, that's what I want to talk about today. We talked about on Monday about real love, and today I want to talk about my real love. But for those of you that don't have a Valentine, I love you. We talked about on Monday about, you know, we make Valentine's Day, it's a day of love, right? But there are so many different forms and levels of love. And sometimes how we get stuck on the romantic side of things. And then for people that don't have a Valentine's Day uh, Valentine, it can be very discouraging. And uh, if that's you today, I'm sorry that you're in that situation. However, I would say this. I would say two things. Like I just said, I love you. (laughs) I don't know if that helps or not. Uh, But secondly, focus on the other love that you have in your life or the other love that you can give in your life. Uh, Valentine's himself, like we talked about on Monday, I don't want to repeat too much of Monday's episode, but you should go back and listen to it. Honestly, how we talked about love and how society feels about love and and some of the ways that society gets it wrong. Uh, And if you don't have a Valentine today and it's bothering you, man, you really should check out that podcast. I think you'd feel a lot better about the fact that you're in Valentine's Day and you don't have a Valentine. Uh, anyway, I won't go more into that. You should listen to that episode. In fact, I think everybody should listen to that episode. We talk a lot about love and life. We think about love. And we all want to be loved. But, man, if we've got that version of love screwed up in our head, if it's skewed in any way, that kind of makes it tough to live. And so I think even at one point in that episode, I was I said, I wish everybody could hear this. So I'm so glad that we put that episode out with Kristen Brown and Mojo McCarthy from our brother's studio down here in Southern California, who I got to see as part of my time down here. So happy Valentine's Day. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Does your sun set high? Does your sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. We're here to help your life be happier. Happy Valentine's Day. You are loved and you are valuable. Like I said, we talked about real love 
on Monday in the episode. And today I want to talk about my real love. And I just want to let you guys know that in advance because this episode isn't really going to be about uh, there being any happy hacks or me doing any encouraging or teaching or uh, helping or any way like that. However, I'm sure there's going to be some things that I say that actually could um, help. There's going to be some things. I do things differently in life, but honestly, I think we should all do things differently in life. Like General Patton said that we've said so many times, if everyone is thinking alike, then someone isn't thinking and we're all created uniquely. So, but we, a lot of us spend a lot of time trying to fit in when we were made to stand out. So in other words, we all do things differently and we all should probably do more things differently instead of trying to do it like everybody else. And I think when we try to morph into what other people do or what other people are, I think that's when we get a little bit off base and life becomes a little bit more difficult. But I've always done things. I'm just kind of an odd bird. I, I am my own unique individual. I've always done things a little bit differently. And the story of my love, of my real love, of my Valentine and how we met is a pretty cool story. But I hesitated for the longest time on even putting it out. In fact, I wasn't going to put it out. It wasn't until I was talking with Happy Lifer, uh, Rebecca down at my chiropractor that we were talking and also somehow she asked a question and it got on my, my, the love of my life, my wife. Uh, and I started talking about how I met my wife and all of a sudden it's poor Rebecca. It's like, I couldn't shut up. I just was enjoying talking about <laughs> my babe. She's the hero of this relationship. I mean, she is, she is so fantastic. She is so amazing. And I kind of felt bad. Like, I don't know if she was asking for that much, but I just kept talking about my babe, you know, but she was really like, she was really enjoying it. And she, she kept saying, oh, that is so sweet. And as I was saying that to her, I said, I thought, you know what? I should make this into a podcast and share it with my happy lifers. And I, I shared that with happy lifer, Rebecca. And she says, oh, that would be great. I think that would be a great idea. But then when I got home, I started thinking about it again. And I thought, I, I don't know. It just seems kind of like, if I'm not giving any happy hacks or any tips or anything like that, I don't know if you can hear the dog outside who sounds like he doesn't have a Valentine for Valentine's Day either. He just he's just whining at, uh, I don't know what's going on out there. But anyway, <laughs> oh, what was I talking about? I'm sorry. I'm just chill today. I just woke up and I'm trying to get this episode done before, before Valentine's Day is over because I said I would get one out for today. So that's what I'm working on. Anyway. Like I said, I, I it felt so weird to me when I started thinking about, really, you're just going to share a story of how you met your wife. And even though it's a cool story, I thought, man, this might sound very precocious. Is that the right word? Egotistical or, you know, why is this guy telling us this? And so I even called Rebecca back up at the office, at her office. And I said, um, are you sure that I should share this as a podcast? And I said, and and she said, yes, you should. And I said, why? And she said, well, it's just endearing. And so I don't know if it's going to be endearing to you, uh, but I do want to kind of give you a, a pre-episode, uh, several minutes in anyway, uh, warning, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Anyway, sorry, like I said, I'm I'm tired. I've been with people a lot since I've been down here. It, it has been fantastic, but I'm also <laughs> a little bit tired. So my my words don't always come as well. You'll probably get a lot more ums and ahs and, and, uh, in this episode than in other ones, but... Nevertheless, can I get to the point I'm trying to make here? 
<laughs> so I just want to let you know that's what this episode is going to be about. Uh, some some of you might not want to just listen to that. If you're looking for some happy helps, some happy hacks, um, some inspiration, motivation, uh, you might not get it as much from this one, even though I think it's a great story. But I just want to let you know that in advance uh, so you don't go like, at the end, where where's what where was this, all this going? I tell you where it's going. I just want to talk about real love, but I want to talk about my real love, and I want to talk about my Valentine today. And if you don't have a Valentine and it's difficult for you, again, I will say there are so many forms of love out there. You've got people that love you, and if if they're not around, then find somebody that you can love today. And it doesn't have to be a romantic love like we talked about in modern day alchemists make sure you check that episode out so let me get to the story of my wife she is like i said the hero of this relationship she is the real deal my wife is so amazing she's absolutely beautiful i still catch myself after 33 years nine months and 17 days so happy anniversary babe (laughs) i call her babe all the time in fact uh, even in our ceremony i don't think in the vows i don't think i used her name so is it legit (laughs) i hope so (laughs) because i kept calling her babe i still call her babe that's my term of endearment for her but like i said i find myself still staring at her after 12,346 days yep that's how long we've been married and uh but i she's been beautiful to me well before that Years before that, I still find myself staring at her, just in awe of her beauty, her eyes, the shape of them, the color of them, her cute nose, her hair. I mean, I could just go on and on and on, but my wife is just, I, 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 so many times I just sit back and I say, I'm just so blessed to have a wife like this. She is absolutely gorgeous, but that's not even her most beautiful part. Her most beautiful part is her insides. Oh my word, she is the most loving, passionate. She's shy. She's more introverted. She's absolutely perfect for me. And I don't mean without flaw because we're human beings. We all have flaws. But that word perfect can also be translated as complete, as whole. And she she just makes me complete. She just makes me whole. She just fills in all the holes, all the defaults and the flaws that I have in my life. She just compliments them so well. Hey, Steve, you're, you're really broken. I really like that. (laughs) That's not what I mean by she compliments them. It's just her strengths fit into my weaknesses so amazingly. And I'm so blessed to have her. She is, she's the real deal. Her, her insides are even more beautiful than her outsides. And I needed to say all that because because how I met her, I met her at a camp and she was in the music group and I was part of the speaking group. So we worked together for several weeks together, but I didn't even notice my wife. Like I said, I still find myself staring at her. I think she is so beautiful, but I didn't notice it when I first met her, which is really important. The reason I say that is because that year while I was in college, I noticed a flaw about myself that I didn't like. And I think it's very typical with, with men anyway, um, not to put everybody in a box, but you know, men, we are very, I I know everyone's attracted to physical. I just feel like men are attracted to physical more. uh, And at least I was 
anyway. And I dated a lot of girls, uh, not in, not in high school because I was such a nerd. And when I went to college, I just decided I'm going to be me. And if they don't like it, too bad. I'm going to reinvent myself or to be the original Steve-O. And so I just dated a lot of girls. My dad taught me faint heart, never one fair lady. And there's a lot of these ladies that in college, a lot of these women that would sit around and wait for a guy to ask them out. So I wasn't their first pick, but I was the only one asking them. So they went out with me. But the flaw that I noticed was that I was so attracted to them physically that I didn't even notice or really even care about the rest of themselves. Like I said, my wife, her truest beauty, even though she's dropped dead gorgeous physically, but her truest beauty is inside. She is just one fantastic human being. Everybody that gets to know her loves her. She is just a wonderful person and she makes me feel wonderful. She knows how to handle me when I'm being ridiculous, when I'm being obnoxious, when I'm being down. She talks me off the ledge. I mean, I could go on and on and maybe I should, maybe I should, instead of telling the story of how I met her, maybe I should just go on and on about how fantastic my wife is inside and out. But when I was in college, back to what I was talking about, is I noticed that there were there were a lot of girls that I dated. I just asked a lot of girls out. I didn't. I never had a steady girlfriend. My wife is the only girl I ever asked to be my girlfriend. But I dated a lot of girls. I just didn't date them very long, probably because they wouldn't date me back. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. But I wouldn't date them very long. I just I I, I didn't really even want to get serious because all my friends that are married talked about the ball and chain and and you know the old lady and how controlling they are and you can't hang out with your friends anymore. And so I was afraid of marriage because they kept referring to their wife, their spouse as, you know, the ball and chain kind of in a joking way. But for me, I took it kind of serious. Like, man, if you get married, you can't hang out with your friends anymore. All these things happen. And when I got married, I got really mad when I finally got married. I got really mad because I kept waiting for the ball to drop and it never dropped. The bomb never went off. It was amazing. I married my best friend. And I was like, if I don't know it was this amazing, I would have asked my wife to marry me a lot sooner because it wasn't like they were all suggesting. And if you do it right, I don't know. I just, and I'm not saying that I don't have flaws. My wife doesn't have flaws and we don't have struggles that we work through. I mean, every marriage has that. Every relationship that gets beyond the surface is going to have that. No one steps on your toes unless you're dancing really close with them, right? And so when you pick people that are get really close to, they're going to step on your toes. That's that's how it works. But I was noticing that there was a lot of girls that that even that would date me because they I know that because I'm not being conceited, but they told me. I mean, they hinted, they told me they wanted to date me, but I didn't want to date them because I wasn't attracted to them physically. And yet, some of the other women that I dated when I was in college they they were knockouts they were gorgeous too but they didn't have much else that I was attracted to they didn't have the character I was looking for they didn't have the they weren't heading the same direction I was heading but it didn't matter because they were good looking and that's all I cared about and that bothered me I'm not saying it should bother everybody but for some reason it bothered me I don't know I just felt like here I am in a and back then it was a Bible college, but I was in a, this Bible college. I'm like, it just felt like you see the movie Shallow Howl with Jack Black. <laughs> it just felt kind of like that. Like I should be deeper than this. So I just, I just prayed about it. I just said, God help me. I don't, I don't want to be 
in a relationship with someone just because they look beautiful. I want to be deeper than that. I want them to have character as well. I want them to be beautiful on the inside as well as on the outside. And I want to say this, you know, ever since I was, I was just a teenager and I started noticing that girl germs weren't so bad, I wouldn't mind having them. <laughs> when I would see a cute girl or, or uh, a really classy girl or a really funny girl or whatever, I would compliment God on that. I would say, God, ooh, you did a good job on that one. I'll take one of those for myself. <laughs> I would just joke around. If I liked, if I liked you know, their personality, I'd tell God what I liked about the personality. You did a good job on that, God. I love how, how chill out she is. I love how funny she is. I love how she can take something negative and turn it into something positive. And I would always say, you did a good job on that one. I'll take one of those for myself. And I, even physical attributes. Man, I love her hair. Man, I love her height. I just love her smile. God, I'll take one of those for myself. And one day, about, it wasn't long into my marriage with my wife. I don't know how to explain it, except for, it was almost like he was tapping me on the shoulder and said, look, right? I just felt like I needed to turn around. And when I turned around, I saw my wife there and she was talking to somebody else. But then in my mind, I started getting all these thoughts about how I said, I'll take one of those for myself. And I was looking at my wife. I went, I was just in awe. I was shocked. I went, Oh my, I mean, every one of those things I told God, I want in a person, in my, my partner, they were all right there in her. I was like, God, how did you do that? I mean, how did you do that? It was, it was mind blowing to me. But like I said, when I first met her, I didn't really notice her. She was a backup singer in the group that sang every night, but her friend in the group kept trying to set us up, kept trying to set her up, you know, and she kept wanting her to set her up with me. And, you know, like I said, I, I never really even noticed her today. I can't stop looking at her and she was just as beautiful back then. Right. But I didn't notice it, which I think was important because what happened was, you know, I lived, I had my first career job at that point in Milwaukee. I mean, in the Milwaukee area and she lived way out on the West coast. So when I left the camp, when I left that tour that, that summer, that was our last weeks of camp. I started to write her, okay? I started writing letters. We started writing letters back and forth, and I got to know her insides, and I fell in love with who she was. When I went back out there a while later to record my first album, that's right, I have a lime green album, (laughs) cassette tape. I went to go record it with her band, and when I saw her again, my heart just dropped in a good way. I mean, she she took my breath away. I went, dang, how come I didn't notice that? She is absolutely gorgeous. But it was almost like, remember I told you I prayed about that? It was almost like God had shielded my eyes. Like I didn't see her outer beauty so I could get to know her inner beauty first. So then I wouldn't be so hard on myself saying I only married her because of her looks. I can honestly say I fell in love with her insides first. And then when I saw her again, I went, you idiot. How did you not see that gorgeous girl in that band those three weeks that you were out there? And I just think, honestly, it was my prayer. And I think God helped me. And she is absolutely, she's just amazing inside and out. And like I said, I still catch myself staring at her. 
outwardly, but I, when I think about it, I find myself staring at her inwardly too, if that makes sense. I find myself going, how is she so wonderful? How do, how does she like everywhere she goes? They, (laughs) you know, she worked temporary services. Every job she had, they wanted to hire her. The job she has now, she got moved up because they begged her to take this other position. Basically they came to her and asked her if she would take that position because they liked her so much. And so I find myself staring at her inner beauty as well on, on so many different levels and areas. She is just so fantastic. I'm sorry if I'm gushing so much on my wife, but I, I really can't help it. She is so fantastic. I want to talk about how I asked her to marry me. I mean, but even before that, I want to set it up by saying my parents had moved down to Florida. And so I asked my wife if she would come down with me for Christmas. And so we drove straight through down to Florida to see my parents. And while I was down there in Florida, I asked her if she would be my girlfriend. And she's the only girl I've ever asked that. I I, I just see it differently. I, I don't think that asking someone to be a girlfriend because... I just, we're going to date now, so be my girlfriend. Every every girl that I ever dated, every woman I ever dated, I said, listen, I want you to know where I'm coming from. Um, we're not in a steady relationship until I ask, or you ask for that matter, and the other person says yes. <laughs> I just want you to know that I don't claim <laughs> claim property rights on you, so to speak, for lack of a better way to put it. Um, so if I drop you off at the dorm and some other dude comes up and says, Hey, you want to go on a date? I can't get mad if you date that person because I never asked you to be exclusive with me. So my wife knew that this is a serious commitment. I think dating someone is a serious commitment to have a boyfriend or girlfriend is a serious commitment, but I think we've made it just very blase, like not much of a, Hey, I like you. So would you be my girlfriend or not even ask for that matter? I think we lose a lot of romance when we don't ask. We don't know where we stand. Well, we've dated three times, so you can't just go off with somebody else or you're going to be a, you know, call them a bad name or whatever. That wasn't how I viewed it at all. And uh, my wife, and I said all that to say this, that after Florida, I asked her if she would move out to Wisconsin. She found some roommates out there that, that she ended up moving in with. And, and um, she actually helped me as a youth pastor. Uh, we weren't even married. And she moved all the way across the country to be with me. I told you crazy story. She moved all the way from the West coast, from the Seattle area, all the way to Wisconsin, just on kind of a whim on me asking her. But she also knew we'd, we'd spent a lot of time writing letters back and forth. She also knew that I had never, ever asked any girl to be my girlfriend. And so she knew that I was serious about her and she took a huge step of faith and moved all the way out to Wisconsin just because I asked to be my girlfriend and she knew how serious that was. I still can't believe it. And it took me like two years to even get married. (laughs) And the reason I got married was because all of her friends started coming up to me saying, Steve, what's going on? When are you going to ask her? I look back at it now. I'm like, she moved all the way from Washington to Wisconsin. And I still just dated her as my girlfriend for two years. And like I said, I'm getting back to the beginning when I talked about you know, all my friends were talking about the ball and chain, so I was afraid to get married. I wasn't ready to get married. I wasn't ready for, quote, unquote, the ball and chain, right, because of what I thought marriage was. But when her friends, more than one, started coming up to me, even my boss would come up to me and say, Steve, what are you doing? If you don't ask her to marry you, you're going to lose her. It's like they all got together, but they did it all individually and didn't even know the other people were doing it. But I got the message that my wife must be talking or saying things or something because why are all these people coming to me? And I was not ready to get married at that point. At least I didn't think I was ready to get married at the point. 
but I was more not ready to live my life without her, if that makes sense. I was afraid to get married. I didn't want to get married, but I didn't want to live my life without her even more. So I was like, I'm not ready to get married, but I'm really not ready to live life without her. So I asked her if she would marry me, and she said yes. And I said, how long will it take to plan the wedding? There's no reason in prolonging this thing. If we're supposed to get married, then let's get married. To me, that's what engagement is. I don't think engagement is, hey, I like you. We've been dating a while. Maybe we should get married. I think engagement is when you make the decision, I want to get married, and let's plan the wedding. That's what I think engagement is. It's it's time to start planning the wedding. And so we thought we could get it done in, in four months, and we did, and we got married. April 27th, 1990. So I said all that to talk about the story of how I asked her to marry me. And I'm sorry if this episode is going to go longer, but I'm talking about my love. And I know that people may tune out after a few minutes. They may tune out after our normal 20-some minutes, but I don't care. I'm going to talk about my babe. (laughs) And you don't have to come along with me if you don't want to, but I just can't stop this thing short. I mean, I'm not going to say everything. Obviously, that would take hours and days for me to complete all that. But I love her. I love her. And I just want to talk about my Valentine, my real love for a little bit. So I want to talk about how I asked her to marry me. Like I said, I was a youth pastor and she helped youth pastor with me. And the girls loved her because she was so wonderful. And honestly, the guys liked her too. She was gorgeous. She was funny. She was loving and kind and she's I mean why would you not like her you know so she was a great huge help to me as a youth pastor and one day when she was gone she wasn't at the youth meeting I set up I had this drum machine RX7 I think it was a Yamaha I called her Roxy7 and I set up this beat and um, I had a camera on the stage this is before they had cell phones and so I actually had a video camera big old video camera on the stage and the sanctuary, the, the main part of, the, of a, the church building where I was a youth pastor at, with all the seats, the pews in them, was empty. At least it looked empty. Someone started that drum machine, and then the film, the video, recorded me walking in from the back of that sanctuary all the way up to the front, down the middle aisle there. And the beat was going, and so I was singing, because that was before we had karaoke, too. So I was singing, I got sunshine on a cloudy day. And I started singing My Girl, right? And I'm singing it as I'm walking down. When I got to the front, in front of the front pew, front row of seats there, um, I guess you'll say, what can make me feel this way? All of a sudden, Johnny popped up from behind this pew over here and threw his arms wide open and said, My Girl. And then Luann from the other side of the aisle popped up from behind a pew and says, bye girl. And then I had another student, Eric or Jason or Jen, or I had all these ones pop out and go, my girl. Ooh, and then I started singing, you know, we started swaying back and forth. And on the last, my girl, all of the students in our youth ministry popped up from behind the pews and threw out their arms and said, my girl, because <laughs> she was a part of that crew, right? If I'm going to ask her to marry me, I want them to be a part of it. I was just kind of sappy like that. The kids didn't know, the students didn't know that this was a part of an engagement thing. They kind of had a hunch, I guess, but they're just swaying back and forth singing my girl. And then I said, I got down on one knee and I said, don't forget to check the tree. And would you be my girl? 
And that was it. I recorded that. Christmas time came and we went back down to Florida. And I was going to show her that movie in front of my family. Isn't that just kind of mean? Now I look back at it, I'm like, poor thing. She hardly knew my family. I'm doing it in front of my family. I should have done it in front of her family. Sorry, babe. Anyway, we're getting ready to watch a movie. And of course, it's a couple days after Christmas because I can't, <laughs> I can't ask her when she's expecting it. I mean, if she was expecting me to ask her, uh, I'm not going to do it when she's expecting It's got to be a surprise. I'm sorry. I'm kind of, I don't know if I'd say romanticist that way, but it feels romantic to me. But if she's expecting it, it's not the same thing. I wanted it to be a surprise. So again, being, I guess you can look at it as being mean. Sorry, babe. She just, like I said, she's fantastic. I waited a, a, until a couple days after Christmas was over. Well, she was in the kitchen of my parents' place and my grandparents were there. My brother and sister were there. And I bought her a coffee machine and she was putting it together, but I want to play the movie. Now, nobody knows except for my dad knows, okay, that I'm going to play this movie of me singing, would you be my girl? Don't forget to check the tree, right? But she, she thinks we're going to watch some other movie. So I said, come on, babe, let's watch a movie. I got a spot already for you right next to me. And she's like, no, I'm, that's okay. Just go ahead and start without me. I'm like, oh, great. I can't start without her because it, <laughs> it's the whole reason we're doing this thing. You know, I said, no, baby, you need to come sit next to me. No, I'll just watch it from here. Just <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to give it away by forcing that she be down there. So I'm trying to hint, come sit by me without forcing her to come sit. Like, you really got to come sit by me. Why is that? And I don't want to give it away, you know. But somehow I finally talked her into come. And I think she was a little bit ruffled, like, OK, fine. All right. So she came down and sat next to me and then I played the movie. She's like, what is this? And at the very end, I didn't even think about this either. When I got down on one knee and I said, you know, would you be, she, there actually, actually had a thought that would you be my wife? But I didn't say that. I didn't even think about saying that in order to give it away to all the students when I was filming it anyway. So she might thought that maybe this is a, you know, um, uh, a, a proposal, Right. But when I said, would you be my girl? Cause I was singing my girl. She's like, Oh, this isn't about engagement then. So she just kind of sat there and I said, well, she said, well, what? I said, are you going to check the tree? Cause I said, would you be my girl? Don't forget to check the tree. And she wouldn't check the tree. I was expecting in my mind, she's gonna go check the tree. What? And she says, what? And she's kind of embarrassed. Cause like I said, she's introverted more. She's, she's shy when it comes to other people. And she hardly knew my family. And I said, well, you're going to check the tree. And all of a sudden she got these really, my wife, and she gets these, this look in her eyes, like her eyes start to water up a little bit and they get really big, like a, almost like a cute cartoon when their eyes get big and they start to glisten and she gets excited and her toes wiggle. And I don't want to give away all her secrets and stuff, but when she has that face, I'm seeing it on my face right now. I'm just smiling, thinking about, I love that look that she gets when she gets a surprise and so she got up and went to the tree and I had hidden the engagement ring way at the base of the tree. I put it on a thin branch and I moved it all over the base of the tree. So she's looking all over the place, you know, and finally she saw it. And when she saw it, oh my word, the look on her face as she turned around and looked at me, she's like, what are you doing? I will, you think I'm going to marry you? No, that's not, <laughs> that's not what she said. Thank God. <laughs> No, the look on her face was she got so excited. Then she ran over and gave me a big hug, you know, and and then when she turned around and looked, my whole family was like 
peeking around the corner. <laughs> it was like, you know, top to bottom of the of the doorway. They all their faces were there. <laughs> Poor thing. Uh, it, you know, embarrassed. Embarrassed. I don't know if she was embarrassed by them or not. She tells me now that she wasn't really embarrassed. But you know, here my whole family is staring at her. But I thought was, I wanted my family to be a part of it. You know, and that's how I asked her to marry me. <laughs> So, and I think I might have told Rebecca another story or two, even though she was waiting between appointments uh, to get people in. But I just, I just kept her time because I was so excited talking about my wife and how I met her and how amazing she is. And I thought I wanted to share that with you, Happy Lifer, for all those of you that actually want to actually sit through and listen through the whole thing. <laughs> there you go. And thanks for those of you that did sit and listen through the whole thing. Like I said, I know it went longer and I could go even longer, uh, but I'm not going to. I'm going to end it here. I just wanted to give a story about how I met, how I made my Valentine, so to speak. I mean, I met my wife, but she became my Valentine when I asked her to be my girlfriend, and then she became my Valentine when I asked her if she would be my wife, and she is still my Valentine. And despite all my weaknesses and all my flaws and all my stupidity and all my and listen, I'm not being hard on myself. We all have flaws. We all have weaknesses. We all get stupid. We, we just do. We don't need to beat ourselves up over it. And we should, really shouldn't hang out there, right, and keep going over that over and over in our minds. It's just good to, say, to see our weakness and then to be thankful for those that still love us despite that weakness. And my wife just makes me better. She would always talk me off the ledge when we were first married, and now she did such a good job. I've learned to talk myself off the ledge when I get into a bad space mentally or whatever, and I learned from my wife, and and that's our that's our story right there. She is perfect for me. She's not without flaw. She has her flaws, and I kind of like her flaws too. I do. I do. And, you know, it's easy to, to sit there and stare at people's flaws, that's easy to do. To be critical is easy to do. And especially if it's been someone that you've been a partner with for a while. They know you like nobody else knows you. And you know them like nobody else knows them. It's so easy to... And we live in a society today where we just seem to... I guess we can get behind our computers and critique our meal. Because we're not doing it face-to-face with them. We're doing it behind our computer. We can critique people's social media posts. We can critique people you know that are famous that are on the news or even critique like sometimes like you know it's easy for me to critique the media and maybe I should pull back from that a little bit really the reason why I do it is kind of I want you to realize that just because the media says it doesn't mean you have to buy it doesn't mean you know see the reason why they're sharing this stuff if they're trying to make you afraid you don't have to do that but I can sit back and critique anyone can critique it takes no energy to critique to cut something down, to shoot something down. It takes no energy to do that at all. And it also does nothing to build anybody up at all. It does nothing to make the world a better place. It does nothing to make people or the world a happier place. It actually, in my opinion, does the opposite. And I'm just grateful that my wife doesn't just stare at my flaws, but she looks at my strengths as well. And when she texted me this morning, and and she's not big on that. She doesn't words of encouragement or words of an affirmation that that type of thing. That's not her love language. Her love language is quality time. Uh, it's gifts. It's acts of service. Really, I think is her top love language. And so she loves me by when I come home. Usually the house is is really clean and spotless because she wants to make it clean for me when I come home. And that's how she shows her love. She doesn't always show her love through words. 
So today when I got a text from her right away in the morning, uh, before she hid, headed to work, like I said, I'm, I'm out of town. You're road tripping with me today. And it just said, you're my favorite person on the planet. Happy Valentine's day. Oh my word. That was so sweet. You know, and she knows my weaknesses, but she sees my strengths. She knows my weaknesses, but she sees my strengths like an avatar. I see you. She sees me and she sees my strengths and she knows I am far from perfect, but she still loves me. And to me, that's what love is. I mean, like we talked about in modern day alchemist on that Monday episode, you know, and please check that out. It was just, it was a great episode. It should be shared in my opinion. It really talks about love in a very healthy way, but a lot of people love to get something back. And when you're in a relationship with someone for a long time, you got to morph into loving just to love, right? Because if you love to get something back, that leans more towards manipulation, in my opinion. And there's all sorts of love that's that way. In fact, a lot of people have Valentine love. They have romantic love because they want to be loved back. And I understand that. I get that. But when you start getting, when you want to get closer to somebody, you start loving them to love them. If you want to grow as a person, don't love to get something back. Love just to love without expecting anything in return. I mean, that's not easy to do. It's easier to talk about. And I don't know if I'll ever get 100% there, but I want to be more percent there than I was a year ago, a month ago. I want to be better at loving people and not expect anything back. And so, babe, I want to say happy Valentine's to you. You are my favorite person on the planet. And I am so happy that you love me despite my weaknesses and that you don't harp on my weaknesses and you look at my strengths and and I just want you to know that you are one beautiful human being inside and out and I cannot wait to fly home tomorrow so I can stare at you when you're not looking so I don't make you feel weird but I don't know how much I don't know normally you spot everything but I don't think you spot everything because I don't know how much you see how many times I stare at you. I don't know if you you catch it or not, but I stare at you all the time because you are stareable. Is that a a good word? You are worthy to be looked at. Your beauty goes far beyond your outward beauty, which is absolutely gorgeous. And I am a blessed human being to consider you, to call you my wife, but really to call you my best friend, to call you my Valentine, to call you to have you as my real love. So, babe, you know, (laughs) with all that being said, how I have to end this. (laughs) And trust me, she knows it's the ringtone I have for her on my phone. And sorry, babe, I have to do it to you again, but (laughs) you are so beautiful to me. Can't you see? You're everything I hope for. You're everything I need. You are so beautiful to me. <laughs> you should see while I'm singing it. I'm contorting just like Joe Cocker <laughs> on that song. Sorry, babe. I had to do it to you.